0: You're listening to the Northside Christian Church Podcast. Find out more about Northside by visiting us online at northsideweb.org. If you look in your programs just for a second, I usually don't give announcements, but I want to share with you a couple things. One, you'll see a card in there. Uh, We call these invite cards. Uh, It's a chance for you to take this card. This is our next message series coming up entitled A Generous Life. Uh, And you can take one of these, hand it to somebody and say, hey, love to have you come join us in worship and all the information is on here for them. Kind of way for you to get a ping pong ball too. Uh, Those of you hopefully keeping up with your ping pong balls, it goes till Easter where you give a card to someone, get their name, share something about Jesus with someone, uh, talk to someone. Hey, love to have you in worship. Come here, put their name on a ping pong ball. We're filling those up in the lobby. Next Sunday, once a month, we have what's called Panera with the Pastor. It is next Sunday, right after worship. My wife Brenna and I uh, and a couple of the volunteers show up at Panera, and we just hang out, and we eat, and we talk, and you have a chance to ask whatever questions you want to ask. It's pretty much wide open. Uh, but we, after we eat together, uh, we just take off. But love to have you there uh, right after worship next Sunday morning. We've been in a series called Intentional Joy for the last three weeks. We've been walking with Paul through the book of Philippians. And if you were to take the entire book of Philippians and give it one central theme, the title of this morning's message would do just that. Joy is active. Joy is active. Paul wants each of us to be intentionally joyful in our lives. In fact, as believers, the joy of the Lord should burst out of us. Now, when you think of the joy of the Lord, understand that's not dictated by your financial portfolio, the house you live in, your kids' grades, or even your health. If that were the case, the Apostle Paul wouldn't have had joy, wouldn't be able to write about joy. Remember, as he writes this, he is chained to a Roman guard. If you're summarized Philippians in one sentence on your program, you can fill this in. Because of Jesus, you should have joy despite your circumstances. Because of Jesus, you should have joy despite your circumstances. And the key verse today is Philippians 4 4. Some of you probably have heard this many times. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now I want you to read this out loud with me, but I want you to emphasize the word "always." All right, here we go. Rejoice in the Lord, always. and I will say it again. Rejoice. All right, good. Let's do, let's do it. again. A little more emphasis. Here we go. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. All right. Be, rejoice. Paul says it's it's a command for us. This is a time for you and I to raise up and express the joy that God has given us. And I would suggest to you that joy is a decision you make each day when you wake up. Each day when you wake up, you decide, am I gonna have joy today or I'm not? And from the outset, understand, we can't do this on our own. In our own human flesh, we cannot constantly have joy. It's only by relying on God's spirit flowing through us In us that joy can be maintained. How many of you have heard of Johnny Erickson Tata? Many of you. She is uh, an amazing Christian author, speaker. Uh, She has used a tragedy that happened when she was 17 years old where she dove into a shallow uh, pool, swimming pool, and got paralyzed, been a quadriplegic ever since. But God used her in magnificent ways. She writes this in Decision Magazine. She says, honesty is the best policy, especially when you're surrounded by a crowd of women in a restroom at a Christian women's conference. One woman putting lipstick on said, hey, Johnny, how is it that you have everything all together? You're always so happy in your wheelchair. I wish I had that. I wish I had that kind of joy. Several women in the restroom nodded in agreement. How do you do it? She asked as she put the cap on her lipstick. I don't do it, Johnny said. In fact, may I tell you honestly how I woke up this morning? This is an average day. I breathe deeply after my husband leaves for work at 6 a.m. I'm all alone until I hear the door open at 7 a.m. That's when my friend arrives to get me up and ready for the day. While I listen to her make coffee, I pray, oh Lord, my friend will soon give me a bath, get me dressed, sit me up in my chair, brush my hair and my teeth, and send me out the door. I don't have enough strength to face this routine one more time. I have no resources. I don't even have a smile to make it into the day. But Lord, you do. May I have yours God, I need you desperately. One of the ladies asked, so what happens when your friend comes to the bedroom door? I turned my head towards her, Johnny said, and I give her a smile sent straight from heaven. It's not mine, it's God's. And so I said, gesturing to my paralyzed legs, whatever joy you see today was hard won this morning. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. rejoice. We'll give you three keys to intentional joy. Very simple today. First, keep an eternal perspective. Keep an eternal perspective. Philippians 4, 5 says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. When life gets tough, when... You feel like you're being ridiculed when your faith is challenged at work, when your health isn't all it is cracked up to be, turn your attention towards eternity. Paul says, the Lord's near. An old, old song years ago used to say, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. Keep that eternal mindset in your head. As Christians, we have more reason to have more fun and more joy than anyone on this earth. John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it miserably. Right? No. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. The King James Version says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. As believers, we should laugh harder, love stronger than anyone else because as believers, our past is forgiven and our future is secure, and that gives us that joy inside. We are called to joy because the one who created us in his image is joy. You ever think about it? God is joy. You ever wonder where you get your sense of humor or where creativity comes in this world? Think about God. In his sense of humor, God created animals, animals such as the platypus. Now, Does that take a sense of humor or what? I can imagine the angels saying, hey, God, that's a great animal. And then God looks at the snout and says, splat, now look at it, right? A sense of humor that God allows hail. You think of hail, ice cubes falling from heaven? That's a creative God with a sense of humor. Or think about your Uncle Harry. He created your Uncle Harry. Huh? Everybody has an Uncle Harry in their family. God has a sense of humor even when you look at the person next to you. Look at him. him. Now, God has a sense of humor, right? Yeah. Even in the way he created each of us. And so should we have joy. Dallas Willard writes, you'll not understand God until you understand this about him. God is the happiest being in the universe. God is the happiest being in the universe. I've got a picture that sits in my office that's been in there for years. I took a picture of it on my phone this week. Can you imagine Jesus laughing? When that joy kind of struggling inside of me, (laughs) I just take a moment in my office and I look at that picture. And I mean, God, you're so good. You're so good. He's a God of joy. We are created in his image. Psalms 118 24 reminds us, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Not yesterday was a late day the Lord made. Not tomorrow is the day the Lord will make. Today. Right now, rejoice in the Lord always. Keep an eternal perspective. Second, express thanks and stop worrying. Express thanks and stop worrying. Philippians 4, 6, Paul goes on, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love the way the message paraphrases that. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Paul gives us a tip for overcoming worry, anxiousness, and it seems pretty simple, but it works. Pray. Stop and pray. And the peace of God will come and settle you down. Notice Paul says in verse 6 that we should offer these prayers with thanksgiving. Ungrateful people are the most miserable people in the world. Ingratitude is a joy stealer, a joy sucker. It'll suck the joy right out of your life. So when you present your request to God, when you pray to God, pray in thanksgiving. You say, Lord, I know my boss is harsh on me sometimes, but I thank you that I have a job. I thank you that I have a job. God, I, I know... You know, that my family and friends, you know, my family cares about me. I don't always see it. But God, I know they do. And I thank you that I have a family. God, even though I don't feel it, I know they're there. Thank you, Lord, that I have health. Even though I have aches and pains, at least I'm breathing today. God, thank you that I'm here. Thank you, Lord, for you fill in the blank. In fact, I want to take just a moment in silence, and let you offer up a prayer of thanksgiving to God. Whatever it would be, let's just spend the time, just in your mind, in your heart, offer up thanks to God for something in your life. let bow our heads. Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Father, accept our prayers. We are so thankful, God, for who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen. J. Russell Morris was a missionary for over 30 years in communist, mainly communist areas. And I had the privilege uh, to work with his granddaughter uh, a few times in Thailand, in the Hill Tribe country of Thailand in communist zones just next to Uh, just next to China. And several years before he died, in fact, I was able to be in his house, but several years before he died, he was interviewed. And Morse talked about being in prison by the Chinese communists for 18 months. 15 of those months he spent in solitary confinement. He talked about how the men approached his house with, with machine guns and revolvers and bayonets and took him out of his house, put him in the car and, and carried him off uh, to be in confinement. And one thing he shared out of the many of hundreds of scriptures while I was in solitary confinement, the one that I memorized that popped to my mind the most was Philippians chapter 4. Paul himself had been a prisoner, and he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. In nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. Moore said, You know, if there ever was a time when it was humanly impossible to rejoice and not to be anxious, it was then and in the times that followed. But I took that that verse as my golden text from my imprisonment. He found peace, the same peace that Paul described. You see, when you know the end of the story, you're not overly concerned about the plot, are you? And we know what happens in the end. Third, final, here's a key, dwell on the positive instead of the negative dwell on the positive instead of the negative. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul adds in Colossians 3, 2, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Sometimes we need to take a fast, separate ourselves from those things that pollute our minds and our hearts and takes the joy away. If you're continually around complainers, bitter people, critical relatives, you gotta remove yourself sometimes and put up boundaries so that your heart can be healed. Your heart can be healed. You say, well, Jeff, that's the people I work with. Yeah, I get that. But you, like Johnny, you know, start your day asking God to give you the smile, asking God to give you the joy as you enter into that. Because joy is more than happiness. Don't confuse the two. Joy is not happiness. Joy is being able to have that feeling and that joy inside no matter what happens in life. It's not necessarily based on a pay raise. It's not necessarily based on getting an A on the test, having that great first date. Joy runs deep. It is lasting. It is rich, and nothing shakes it. I was asked out here in the lobby, um, a month or so ago, I was asked if I ever said it was a sin to be depressed. It's one of the things when you speak publicly or when you speak, people can like twist what you say. And I said, "No, trust me. I would never say that it's a sin to be depressed. Because of personal experience, I can vouch, that you can be depressed because I was there. Back in 2002, I'd been in full-time ministry for over 20 years. And at that point, uh, I was serving in a church and God blessed and we grew like crazy because of God's presence there. But it grew faster than I could move. And thus the pressures of that uh, weighed on me emotionally and physically as well so much so that I had to approach the elders. The church is in Greenford, Ohio. I had to approach the elders and say, guys, listen, I I, I can't do this. I I can't lead like this. I can't take it where you want it to go. I I can't. I got to back out. They said, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you're not going nowhere. You take all the time you need to heal and you come back when you're ready. I was out of the leadership position and I was out of speaking for two months, trying to figure out what God was up to. I'm going to read you just a portion of a letter that I shared. And I do this because this subject that we're talking about today is real. And it kind of set me on edge when I was asked, Did you say depression is not a sin or is a sin? No. It's not a sin. Here's the letter. I have spoken to you on the need for each of us to have one-on-one encounters with God. Times where God literally takes us in his hands and molds us and makes us into who he desires us to be. Well, sometimes God has to allow us to hit a wall, so to speak, to get our attention. This is exactly what happened to me. God has used my physical and emotional condition to get my attention. In doing so, he's molding me into a better servant leader of his. I have always been one who runs on my energy, my drive, combined combined with my type A personality, perfectionist personality. And that's the cause of my current depression and physical state. Basically, what I need now is time. Time. Time to renew and recover in God's presence. I want you to know I have never wavered or will I ever waver in my faith and devotion to God and his call on my life. My one major life statement is I want to make a difference with the one and only life that God has given me. In order to do that to the fullest extent and for his glory, I have to turn it all over to the Lord. For it is only by his spirit and not by my own that anything worthwhile will ever be accomplished through my life. A quote from Vernon Manning has spoken to me more than ever during this time. May all your expectations be frustrated. May all your plans be thwarted. May all your desires be withered into nothingness that you may experience the, powerless and, the powerlessness and the poverty of a child and sing and dance in the compassion of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's exactly what happened to me in the mountains of Colorado. Tried all kinds of things to snap out of it, all kinds. I ended up at a place called Blessing Ranch in Colorado. And I spent most of my time in the mountains alone experiencing the compassion and power of God. A couple things I did, if you find yourself in that kind of a state that I think would really help you, is I read through Psalm, and I'd read a Psalm and I'd journal. I'd read another Psalm and I'd journal. Fill up two, filled up two legal pads full of stuff. And I read a book by Jeff Walling called Daring to Dance with God. Upon doing that, I also spent a lot of time in prayer. I'd climb up a mountain. I got a picture of mountains just so this isn't actually it. I couldn't find it. But it's much like the mountain that's at the top peak up there. Right where I stayed, there was a mountain called Red Nose. It was called Red Nose because it looked like a nose, and when the sun hit it, it would just be all red. But I would get up before the sun would come up. And all by myself in the darkness I'd hike my way up to the top of Red Nose and for a week I did that every morning I'd hike up to the Red Nose and I'd sit up there and wait for the sun to rise actually this stick came from Red Nose and it sits on my shelf in my office as a physical reminder of God's compassion and God's power they can take us from the depths of depression and raise us above it because joy never leaves. When you have Jesus Christ in your life and in your heart, you just need to embrace it and embrace the compassion of God and allow him to take you where he wants you to go. Psalms 30 verses 11 and 12 says this, You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Stand with me. Let's read that together. Let's read this together. You turn... I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know where your heart is, but I can tell you this: as I stated earlier, on our own in this life, we can't make it. There's no way. It's only by the power of God and His Holy Spirit in us that joy can be maintained. And so, this morning, if you're here, And you don't have a relationship, a personal relationship with the one who created everything we see, including you. If you don't have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, I'd love to talk to you about how you can do that today. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing what we do. That's why each and every one of us exists to take as many people with us to heaven as we possibly can. That's what this life's about let's pray father thank you so much for your presence in this room god thank you for every life that's here every heart that's here and god this life can be so tough it can beat us up it can spit us out it can beat us up spit us out again and again but god may we never lose faith god even though we may get discouraged and we may even get depressed god May we allow ourselves to be consumed with your word, consumed with your compassion and your presence, God, so that your joy never goes. For God, it is so deep, it is so rich, and it is so lasting. And God, if there's someone here that doesn't know what I'm talking there, then they've never experienced a true relationship with your son. And God, I pray they do that today before they leave this place.